Next on BYU Sports Nation, one and done in the NIT, but not without a ferocious comeback effort. How would you define the BYU basketball season? What are the biggest questions going into the offseason and the latest with maybe a new gig for Heath Schroer? Steve Cleveland weighs in. Plus, transfer news for a BYU athlete and volleyball star Brendan Sander joins us live on game day. Here's the 13 straight wins. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, March 15th, day number one of the real NCAA tournament. (laughs) Not the first four, the real field of 64. I'm Wherever and go. however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a 14 seed from West Jordan, Jerem Jordan. It's better than being a 15 or 16. Once upon a time, BYU was a 14 seed in the tourney in the 2012 first four. Pulled off the greatest comeback in NCAA tournament history. 25 points down to Iona. What's weird is that BYU before the game said, okay, how, how far down can we go before we can come back? And the answer was 25. Pretty cool. Pretty crazy. I asked you this question the other day. Will a 16 seed ever beat a number one seed in the NCAA tournament? I do not think so. I think this is equivalent to a Sun Belt team beating the SEC champ. Like, could Troy beat Alabama or whatever? Who won the Sun Belt this year? I have no idea. But that team is not winning. Yeah, it's one basketball game. One basketball game is different than one football game. But I just don't see it happening. Unless the committee, like, over seeds or grossly underseeds the 16 like they should be like a 13 and i think they did that with penn this year because penn is a decent team coming out of the ivy league they play kansas they're not going to beat kansas well if any team would blow it in the first round it would be the jayhawks okay so kansas has kind of a weird early round history Mm -hmm. and penn is an underseeded 16 so that game might be weird late Mm -hmm. mark that down it Uh, might be weird late I'm not marking it down. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, don't mark it down, but please rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Marching on. BYU basketball loses at Stanford 86-83 in the first round of the NIT, ending the Cougar season in mid-March. There will be no return to Madison Square Garden. BYU trailed by double figures with two minutes to go. They cut it to three, had the ball with multiple chances to tie, but ultimately fall short. Jerem, what is your reaction to last night's season-ending loss on the farm? I really liked that BYU made a comeback there. What I didn't like is that BYU was up nine in the first half and then suddenly was down nine or 11. So this big run of you know plus 20 or whatever happened, um, I, I didn't like that. But I did like the BYU made a little comeback there. BYU got into some foul trouble. It got weird. Um, Elijah Bryant had a tremendous game, 28 points. We jokingly called him out yesterday, and magically he showed up again. He was the only one for BYU, Elijah Bryant, that is, that adjusted to the three-point line okay. Everyone else kind of had trouble. T.J. Haas had trouble. In fact, on, on the last shot that might have tied it, it was a two-pointer because T.J.'s foot was on the line. So it... I, I like to fight from the guys. It, it's disappointing to bow out um, one and done in the NIT, but you know what? BYU made uh, a valiant effort, and 
you move on to the offseason now. You make some changes, and there are some changes. We'll break it down in a second, including Heath Schroyer. I love the fight, and I love that Elijah Bryant was big in the moment. It was a good stage for him to show out, and he absolutely did. It really made me want this specific group of guys to have an opportunity in the NCAA tournament. If you think about some of these guys that have been here for years that haven't had a chance to play in the biggest tournament of tournaments, I just want the guys to have a shot. I don't care if it's in the first four. I don't care if they're the last team in. I just want them to have an opportunity next year. That'd be nice. That was the feeling I left last night's game with. They're good enough to get there next year if they stay together. But who knows what happens? Because every offseason, every offseason. Oh, you mean mean if guys don't transfer? Exactly. Okay. Well, guys transfer. The trend has been that. And so it's it's like like two or three a year. There are no seniors, but if this group can stay together, then. And and it's staying together. No college basketball team stays together like that. You have two or three guys that leave. Now, is it two or three significant guys? Everyone's significant in their. Yeah. The worth of their basketball soul if you will, okay? <laughs> is that great? Yeah, you want uh, this group to get, like... Yoli Childs is testing the waters of professional yes. basketball. Elijah Bryant should as well, just to see what the interest level is out there, okay? And if it's high enough and it's good enough and it's good for him, great, he leaves. It's better for BYU to have Yoli Childs and Elijah Bryant next year. But, yeah, BYU bows out against Stanford. Would have been nice to win that game. Would have been tough to beat Oklahoma State on the road, go back-to-back. That, that's really tough. And then probably win at USC. Yeah, you should just get into the Sweet 16 if you win those three games. Because those are three bubble teams, and that would have been nice to uh, to get in at that point. That's not even possible. Spencer, BYU Hoops finishes the season 24-11 and with a one-and-done in the NIT, but another postseason berth. How would you define the season? An emotional roller coaster. Entertaining, head-scratching, exhilarating, frustrating, and in some ways, validating. How, was, how validating? You beat St. Mary's in Las Vegas. In what other ways was it validating? You beat Utah. In what other ways was it validating? <laughs> Is there any other way, right, than those two? I mean, those. I thought those were two validating wins. They were. For what BYU were. tried to do and wanted to do this season. Not just beat St. Mary's. Yeah. You beat St. Mary's in Las Vegas. They were, absolutely. They were just singular moments. That's why they, I said were, in some ways yeah. validating. Not in all ways, yeah. in some ways. The season isn't validating. In fact, it's, it's not validating. No, moments. Didn't make the tournament. Moments. That's why I say roller coaster, okay? High highs, low lows. I just mentioned some of the high highs. It does give me great hope for next year, again, based on who comes back to play in for BYU basketball. In theory. Already assistant coach Heath Schroyer is reportedly. We'll get to that. Leaving the program, and yeah. we'll get to the details of that. It was solid. It was good. I'm not going to undermine 24 wins going to the NIT. Trust me, it could be worse. I understand that. But making the NCAA tournament defines a program, okay? And BYU didn't make it. So it's, it's disappointing that BYU didn't go to the NCAA tournament. And then you can salvage something from the season if you make a run in the NIT, but BYU bows out one and done. So now it's like, okay, what does BYU need to do to get in a position to get into the NCAA tournament. I don't know how to manage expectations with BYU basketball right now because I want to say the expectations to get to the tournament, but I don't know that it is. Maybe it's to get on the bubble and be considered. I don't know. Maybe it's to 
have one loss or fewer to the other seven in West Coast Conference play. Maybe that's a thing that's an expectation. But it, it, for a season, the program is so good that I can't say making the NIT is awesome. I can't say that. I can't. That lets you define where the standard of BYU basketball it's somewhere, is right it's now. It's somewhere between winning, you know, going to the NIT and getting into the NCAA tournament. It's a, but you're right. If this group can can return for the most part, all the key pieces, and you add, I'm not, BYU's not adding a ton to the. They're adding Gavin Baxter and Connor Harding essentially. So it's essentially the same group. So they're going to have to make some internal changes if they want a big difference. You bring back the big three, Yoli Childs, Elijah Bryant, TJ Haas. you got a solid core there. There were no seniors, only eight scholarship players. Where does Nick Emery fit into the mix? Yes, yes, there's a, there's a missing piece that can make a big deal. I don't know that it's a big three because TJ Haas averaged like 11 or 12 a game. He's got to get into the 15 range before I – Go big with that. But TJ can do that. I want to see that. I want to see it. Jerem, BYU did manage some great things amidst a good season. The Cougars beat Utah for the first time since 2012. They avenged the loss to Utah Valley. 27-point blowout on the, on the court of the Wolverines. And, of course, they beat St. Mary's in Las Vegas. Ultimately, keeping the Gales out of the big dance. What's the most memorable moment from the season? It's beating St. Mary's in Las Vegas, by far. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, it it felt good. I the further I get from that, the more hollow I feel. Like you went all in on something. Like like Bronco Mendenhall went to Oregon State because he wasn't recruited by BYU, and then he beats BYU uh, in in Provo with Oregon State, and he sits on the field after, and he goes, "Well, now what?" I feel that same thing with St. Mary's. Like, well, what did that get us, me, them? It, it, beating Utah was awesome. It needs to happen in football. Listen, more than in basketball. It gave St. Mary's Beating an UVU. N- you should do that. It gave St. Mary's an NIT championship. Okay, I think they're going to win the NIT. I don't think they're going to win the NIT. Really? No. I think they're going to win the NIT. So when they're holding up that uh, tra- championship trophy in Madison Square Garden, they can thank BYU. <laughs> I promise you, they won't. Randy Bennett is not going to send a fruit basket to Dave Rose. Okay, John Rothstein of FanRag Sports reports Heath Schroer will be hired by McNeese State as its next head coach. Spencer, what is your reaction to this? Whoa, one and done? That's my reaction. I thought Heath Schroer would be here at least two years. Yeah, I thought two years as well. I thought after two years, he's going to get a decent head coaching gig. But you know what? He's a hot commodity already on the market because he comes with a wealth of experience. And so I'm not terribly surprised, but still, the knee-jerk reaction is, wow, only one year? Only one? I thought he'd be here for two years. I'm bummed. I think Keith Troyer did a lot of good things. Oh, absolutely. He changed the culture. I think BYU peaked halfway through the season and didn't quite make the adjustments they needed once people figured BYU out. BYU's defense got progressively a little worse. Um, The stars emerged, but the role players did not as much. But I thought BYU did some nice things. And I said at the beginning of this year, this was a building year, probably an NIT year, towards next year. And now you kind of have to reset to a degree. That You know what Heath Troy is? He's the offensive and defensive coordinator. So now you got to bring in somebody else. Can we hire Marty Wilson, by the way? I would love that. Hey, Marty shout Wilson. out to Marty Wilson, Pepperdine. Can you, can you get a Mark Madsen and Alex Jensen? Can you get an NBA assistant coach to be a college assistant coach? I don't know. But whoever fills that spot and, you know, is the entire staff uh, there with Tim, Lacombe, and Quincy Lewis, what, what do you do? Who's doing what? Now there's some questions to be answered there. 
Yeah, interesting stuff already. Not 12 hours after BYU finished their basketball season. We're already talking about this. And, and yeah, and, and it's one report, and uh, you know that's expected to happen pretty soon. But that means this was in the works for a week or two, by the way. Okay, we are officially in the offseason, a territory filled with roster, coaching, and scheduling questions. Jerem, what now? What now? I've got all kinds of questions, um, but my biggest question is who leaves? Oh. Because you're, you're saying, okay, and I'm with you on this. If BYU can keep the core intact, they can possibly make a run at the tournament, right? Be second in the league. That's the hope next year. It's not even first. It's not even first. Um, but other questions I have, okay? Will the coaching staff be intact? Okay, okay. I, and, and, uh, uh, no, I because wrote, he's Troy I wrote reportedly that down gone. before the heat. He gone! Thing. Who's leaving? Not just transfers, but going pro. We did not expect Eric Meek to leave last year. Will Yoli Childs or Elijah Bryant leave? Will Nick Emery return? That's a big question. How will the roster be managed? You're adding Gavin Baxter and Connor Harding from Missions. Colby Lee and McKay Cannon are rostered walk-ons. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're already over two scholarships, by the way. Will, will BYU's schedule, will they schedule up? And yes. will Gonzaga leave for the I Mountain West Conference? I have no idea. This is, this is a juicy offseason yes. for BYU hoops. Yeah, between BYU football with a new offensive staff and BYU basketball now <laughs> in a state of transition, it would seem. There's there's a lot to discuss during the major sports offseason collectively. For me, the two biggest questions are, who in the world's coming back to play basketball at BYU? That being number one. And then number two, will Gonzaga be in the Mountain West Conference? Those are my two biggest questions because that will factor into how BYU approaches everything. If Gonzaga's not in the West Coast Conference and they move to the Mountain West, what next for BYU there? It changes a lot. Yes. Now the rhetoric is, let's go win the league. Let's get into the NCAA tournament. If you tell me right now that Gonzaga is going to the Mountain West Conference, I go, the expectation is to get to the NCAA tournament next year. It changes. But if Gonzaga is in the league, I say, you know what? If BYU can be on the bubble or better, I'm happy. Going to the NIT, I'm not sad, but I'm not happy. It's like just a mediocre dinner. I'm happy to be eating. I could be starving. I get that. But it's no ribeye. You know what I'm saying? All right. I'm not going to say a specific meal so my wife doesn't get mad. More basketball ahead, though, <laughs> even if BYU's not there, Jerem. The NCAA tournament. Oh, that. The Gonzaga Bulldogs open up their run in the NCAA tournament. They're a four seed, by the way. Remember last year? Mm-hmm. Final Four, National mm-hmm. Championship game, lost that. Some analysts think Gonzaga might be better this year. I don't happen to agree with that. Including those in the Seattle and Spokane markets. Homers. How far do you have the Zags going in your bracket? I've got the Zags in the Elite Eight. Oh! Beating Xavier? Beating Xavier. Ex-Xavier or Xavier? And losing once again to North Carolina. <laughs> A rematch Who's the one seed? of or last year's national championship. The one or the, the two? two the two. Xavier's, Xavier's the, the one. one. That's right. I think Gonzaga is a terrible matchup for Xavier. Terrible. A terrible, terrible matchup for the for the Xavier Musketeers. The Musketeers. <laughs> okay, so I think Gonzaga. How many Musketeers have you seen? Beats a one Cincinnati? seed in the Sweet Sixteen, but then in a rematch of last year's national championship game against North Carolina in the Elite Eight. Mm, mm. There's some. There's something about North Carolina and having that mental factor of 
Oh yeah, we uh, we beat you last year in the national championship, and we've got a bunch of you guys back from that team. Gonzaga's so. not as deep as last year. Their starting five is really balanced and talented that way. I have the Zags losing to Xavier, Xavier. Okay. Professor Xavier in the Sweet 16. All right. Although I want the Zags to win the national championship. I would love dude. that. I I love Gonzaga. I love watching them play. I have total respect for them. I want St. Mary's to go 0-31 in the regular season, but I want Gonzaga to win 29 of the 31 regular season games and lose the championship game to BYU every year. <laughs> Other than that, I'm like, go, Zags, go. Go, Zags, go. Hey, remember when we had it. a conversation on whether St. Mary's or Gonzaga was a bigger rival for BYU on this oh, program? Oh, like two years ago? And I was like, Gonzaga, you guys are crazy. Well, yeah. It's when when you've come to the light well, or the darkness, well, I should say, Gonz- of what St. Mary's Gonzaga is. ascended from this crummy conversation into one seeds and final fours. You know what I mean? Our question of the day. What was the most memorable moment from the 2017-18 BYU basketball season at Spencer underscore BYU? This is my burner account. Looking back at the season as a whole, it has to be beating St. Mary's in the totally. West Coast Conference tournament. Totally. Since losing to them last year, that was the goal, and accomplishing it was special. Amen to that. Coming up, our season-ending and one picks. It's not pretty for Jason. Steve Cleveland defines the BYU <laughs> basketball season next and gives us his biggest question going into the offseason. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Second-ranked BYU men's volleyball riding a 12-match win streak host conference foe USC tonight at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and the BYU Radio. Conversation rolling right now on the Twitter machine. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you feel like engaging with the program. Question of the day, what was the most memorable Moment from the 2017-18 BYU basketball season. The Cougars bowing out of the NIT in the first round with a three-point loss to Stanford. At TM Sherbel says that three from Elijah Bryant to go to overtime against San Francisco was pretty epic, so clutch. That's a fantastic moment. It was a, it was a great moment. It really was. It was very memorable. At Laser Sheep, the hard net drive and dish to Yoli for the throwdown versus UMass to end the game. Epic moment plus style points. At the time, that was a really nice win for BYU. One BYU was down 10 with like three minutes to play. Yeah, nice comeback. UMass ends up uh, being a, a quad four game, unfortunately, for BYU. But at the moment, that was... L- listen, it's all about the moment. It's how you feel in the moment. Later, you go back and go... Like, later, we're going to go back and go... St. Mary's didn't even make the tourney. They were an NIT, like, second, second round team or something. Maybe they win the NIT. But I'd, I, feel ho- the, I feel hollow about the St. Mary's win a little bit. Yeah, we got our revenge, and it didn't mean a lot. I like the responses that are coming in, because you and I defaulted to a game, There's and now moments. we have moments. The question's moments. At Grizzfather, Peyton Dashwood coming in and nailing a three-pointer against Utah. Ultimately, the kickstart the team needed for finally beating the Utes. Two, in fact. He knocked down a couple of those. Before the, before the St. Mary's game, I believe, maybe it was San Diego and Vegas, I was standing by Peyton for a sec, and he missed a couple threes while I was periscoping, just warm-ups, and he said, oh, it's because we're not playing Utah. (laughs) Hey, keep those coming, because uh, this is kind of putting me in a good mood. I need to be in a better mood. Yeah, Yeah, This is kind of putting me in a good mood. I'm not in a great mood. One and done in the NIT, I'm not in a great mood. This is helping. Best moments from the BYU basketball season, hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is former BYU head basketball coach and one of our good friends, Steve Cleveland. Coach, great to have you on on a very exciting day for college basketball. 
It is. Good morning, guys. You get your Good bracket. Again. You get your bracket filled out. Uh, you know what? I still have to do that, and I have a deadline in, a, in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll start with the NIT conversation, Coach. Uh, what was your reaction just overall to BYU's performance against Stanford? You know, I actually love the energy, the fight, the grit, everything that took place in that last 45 seconds right to the end. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of things that happened during the, the course of that game, but I, I just think back to last year where – I don't know that everybody was all in about even playing that game, and they had injuries. There was a lot of things going on. but uh, And I also like the fact that Coach Rose got a technical, and from then on they went on a 10-0 run. So no <laughs> one gave up. The coaching staff didn't give up. The players didn't give up. And uh, it, it was an amazing ending. I didn't go the way BYU would have wanted it, but it was a great fight. And I think it's somewhat emblematic of, 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 of the season where the guys competed and right to the very end. Let's get to how we define the season and kind of next year in a moment, but uh, multiple reports coming out now. John Rothstein of FanRag Sports, now Jeff Goodman of ESPN, one minute ago uh, confirming that McNeese State appears they will hire Heath Schroyer. Your reaction to that news? Well, I'm, I'm happy for Heath. Uh, you know, the, he has been contacted by a few different schools, and, uh, and I obviously I've been aware of some of the things going on behind the scenes, but I'm happy for him, happy for his family. Uh, he... Uh, I thought he had a real positive impact on the program at BYU. He loved being with Coach Rose and all the players. I know that. He showed with that with me many times and loves BYU. But uh, this is a business and supporting your family, and uh, he'll be up for a new challenge, and they're, they're very fortunate to have him. For the head coaching job, I want to just make sure I'm clear, for the head coaching job at McNeese State, what kind of challenge is it to replace an assistant coach, and what kind of options maybe are out there for BYU? You know, I, I think there's always a void left no matter who the assistant is because uh, that particular person had relationships with players, and uh, that's an important part of this process. Uh, you know, I'm, it's not my decision to decide who Coach was. I mean, I, he's got a wonderful, very capable young man. I don't know what Lee Kamard's goals are in, in, in terms of this business, but uh, he, he wouldn't have to look very far for an outstanding young man that could fill that shoe, and he's, he's part of a lot of the championships that Coach Rose coached. And but there, you know, I know I, I can't speak for Lee and I can't speak for Coach Rose, but he's one person on the top of my mind that just says, "Hey, he'd probably be a real good fit." And uh, he and Heath have been really close and uh, share a lot of the same philosophies of the game. There are other names, obviously, a ton of options there, but uh, uh, obviously a, a guy like Marty Wilson who's available at this point. I'd be wondering about him. Can you get an NBA assistant coach like Mark Madsen or Alex Jensen? Can you get Spencer Nelson from Utah State? I don't know the interest, but there's certainly some options out there for BYU. There are. I, I don't see the guy. The guys that are currently in the league right now are, are in a really, really solid position. Yeah. And uh, I, I would be really surprised if any of them left those. Alex has a lot of responsibility with the Jazz, and Mark does with Lakers. So, uh, but you never know. There, there are people out there, and, and Coach Rose is in the mix with uh, all of the assistant coaches. You know, these are things as a head coach you can think about a lot. And you have a short list, and uh, I'm not sure who's on that list because I've not had that conversation with Coach Rose. But there, there, there are good people out there that could help the program. Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball head coach, friend of BYU Sports Nation, talking about the overall season for the Cougars, and maybe it is the coaching turnover with Heath Schroyer reportedly leaving for the head coaching gig at McNeese State, or maybe it's who comes back for BYU basketball on the roster next year, or what Gonzaga does and the rumors that they might go to the Mountain West Conference. But all of that considered, what's your biggest question 
surrounding BYU basketball going into the offseason? You know, I, I, I would preface this by saying I think they made some really, really significant steps forward in terms of improving in areas, in terms of just our culture of accountability. I think that defensively there's a system in place. There seemed to be good chemistry between the coaches and players, uh, time and score shots, decision-making. I think all of those were improvements. So I think those were things that they really focused on last summer, and, and, and they were really much, much improved and had significant success. Now, going forward, I, I think you, gotta, you can't – right now they can't – they don't have any control over what Gonzaga does or anybody else does in this league. I think the thing they need to really focus on is, is developing a bench – that uh, where, where they can have game in and game out. I think if there's anything, the bench was a little thin sometimes due to injuries or the things you can't control. But if uh, I'm looking forward with this club, you know, uh, another four man that can defend and shoot it from the perimeter. I, I think they need a little bit more depth. They've got some people coming back off emissions. Uh, I think Nick Emery, uh, if he comes back, is going to have a huge impact on the program. We forget how really good he was, and even though he had a real challenging this year, I would suspect that if he does come back, he's going to really help this team. So you're working on, you know, you've, you've sustained those things that you've improved on this past year. Uh, expectations don't change, and 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 develop this summer with strength and conditioning. Three point shooting has to be a bit of a concern. I think you spend some time. Uh, this team did not shoot the ball from the the three ball like like I think they felt like they should have, and. Uh, it stopped them from maybe winning a few of those games. So whatever the coaching staff decides, but, you know, getting this team better. The fact is everybody comes back. There will be some additions. There will probably be a little bit of attrition. There seems to be attrition in every program in the country these days. So, uh, but those are the things that come to my mind immediately. Yeah, that's a huge question. Who, who returns and what kind of difference can uh, the newcomers make next season? Let's put a bow on this season. How, what's the narrative around this season, and how would you define uh, the success of this group? Well, I, I, the things I mentioned just briefly before, I, I think everybody, the things that you can see as you watch a game, whether you're a fan or whether you're a coach or you're a broadcaster or a journalist, whatever, I think the things I just mentioned, we saw those changes. I think they add to the success of the season. I think sweeping the entire state of Utah, beating, beating all those schools that they played was significant. Uh, Certainly, it's been a while since BYU beat Utah. So that's a good win for the program, but I think really the the cherry on top and and the most important win of the year was beating St. Mary's in the tournament. Uh, that had that had been something that uh, BYU had struggled with over the last two or three years, and uh, I think more than anything, uh, it, it, I think it might be a little bit of a changing of the guard. And I think St. Mary's is always going to be really good. Randy Bennett is an outstanding coach, and he's got a pipeline with Australia. But I see BYU slipping in, and, and, and all of a sudden, if Gonzaga's here, then it'll be Gonzaga-BYU. I think those are the teams that return a lot of players. And, and, and then I think the other thing, obviously, the, the bottom half of this league is going to be much better next year. But I think those wins over, that win over St. Mary's, in-state wins, getting to the NIT again, uh, competing with Gonzaga. I mean, in, in the championship game, uh, Gonzaga was clearly the better team. But uh, I think overall, the attitude, the spirit, and the feeling in the program right now is one of looking forward, continuing to get better, and there's some real positive. Just in comparing it to last year, there just seems to be so many more positive things. Despite a loss last night, I think everybody knows that things 
are in a better place and a better position. Coach, always great to talk to you. You have plenty of time to uh, fill out that bracket and make that final, so we'll let you get to that. And we look forward to an entertaining offseason of uh, discussion around BYU basketball. Sounds good, guys. Have a great day. You got it. Thanks, Steve, Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. There were some great things about this season. There were some things you want to do better. But he's right. Beating all five Utah teams was awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, beating St. Mary's in the tourney. Beating Utah specifically. Going 12-2. and two, You know, Certainly there's some steps to be made against St. Mary's and Gonzaga. There's some steps to be made against the other seven. But he's got to shoot the, the three better. 35% uh, just wasn't high enough. BYU needs to be... High, high 30s instead of yeah, – 40s is too much, but high 30s would be nice. Like 3% difference would make a huge difference for BYU basketball. What's crazy about college basketball is out of the 351 Division One programs, there are only a few that end the season feeling happy, right? Those that got to the Sweet 16, a team that maybe got to the NIT that stunk. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's right. You're right. The feeling today different than last year. Last year was real disappointment, man. Like, wow. This year is okay. This team hopefully has come back. Let's let's build. See what let's we got go. rolling forward. Coming up, Brendan Sander from Men's Volleyball. They take on USC tonight. The final standings of and one. Plus, basketball assistant Heath Schroyer rumored for another head coaching gig. Is that going to go final? And is it a big deal? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. What's the biggest question mark for BYU basketball, according to Steve Cleveland? You missed that? Download the podcast. Let's check out today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball loses at Stanford 86-83 in the first round of the NIT. Elijah Fine. Bryant. They can have Tanner McKee. Led all scores with 28 points, grabbed 10 rebounds, couple of assists. The Cougars finished their 2017-18 campaign with an overall record of 24-11. What's next on all accounts? Again, download the podcast to hear our earlier conversation. Spring football underway for BYU football. Practice six, as we speak, going on in the indoor practice facility. Earlier this week, Kalani Satake described what this practice is going to be like today. Probably a little bit more some live stuff, yeah. I'd like to get to that. And, um, at BYU, we have the one day for spring break, so I didn't have any spring break when I was here. So I, I tell the players, you guys are so lucky you have one day spring break. So, yeah, you can't take off studying too long. But, yeah, that, I think um, – That'll give them an extra day to heal, so we'll probably try to liven it up a little bit. We'll be live uh, at 110 Eastern with interviews uh, with coaches and players on Facebook.com slash Sports. Also, we interviewed Zane Anderson, who was a safety starter. Now he's a linebacker. The Fred Warner position, competing for the starting spot there. The have flash linebacker. Flash. So he's supposed to be fast, I guess. Uh, we just posted it, and uh, we'll tweet out a link, so check that out. Second-ranked BYU men's volleyball on a 12-match win streak. They will host USC in the rocking Smithfield house tonight. I'm calling my shot, Jerem. 13 in a row is going to happen, and it's going to be a sweep for BYU. That match will be broadcast live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. Jerem Jordan, Steve Vale, Lauren McLean, all there to help you enjoy the match. And we'll talk to Brendan Sander coming up in the next segment. And the 9-6 and six BYU baseball team riding a four-game win streak opens West Coast Conference play tonight. Oh, yeah. Hosting LMU at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. You can watch on the W.TV. All right. 
Did you find your whistle, or do I still need to uh, represent with mine for this? In my bag here. All right, Jeremy's going to get his whistle. Let's play and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. I'm disappointed that this is the final time we're going to do this for the basketball season because doing it more would mean that BYU won and they have more basketball yeah. opportunity. Well, you were going to win anyway. It's okay. Oh, you conceded a while back, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, I conceded after the LMU loss. All right. My two-pointer from last night. I said, whoever leads the game with two minutes to play will win the game. And Stanford led that game, amazingly, by double figures with two minutes to play, and it ended in a three-point game. It was, all of a sudden, you look up, and BYU's down only three. Was, with the ball. Like, what just happened? With the ball. Or it was two, and then they fouled. Yeah. Yeah. My and one. I said, BYU will win this game. <sighs> I was hoping that BYU would be up with two minutes to play, because in the Dave Rose era, when they're up with two minutes to play, he's like, locked down, they yeah. win the game. Yeah. Remember what the line was? Four. Two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, just open the four. And the result was three. How about that? How about that? Hey, Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay, my two-pointer. Yoli Childs will outscore Reed Travis. Oh, no! That's right. He, uh, Reed Travis had 25 and a bunch of dunks, and Yoli Childs had 12 and fouled up. Uh, And my and one pick. Nothing? Okay. And one! There we go. 17-plus points from Elijah Bryant. All you haters, man. Hey, Kevin Gambach, what are you saying? Why do I have a list? Why do you speak like that? 28 points from Elijah Bryant. Come on, man. He brought it. He was awesome. He was I don't want to hear awesome about it with 17 plus again. Come on. So good. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? It happened. <laughs> now, 17 plus for an individual scoring. Yeah. Okay. That's a new thing. But what about the team situation? Do you feel as confident going 17 plus for a team? Don't ignore my great moment right now. Let's just <laughs> sit on it. Come on. Final standings. I'm your winner. Oh, yeah, that. Yay. You won. Congrats. What do you win? Hey. You buy me lunch today? No. Was that what was on the line? We didn't discuss that. Yeah, that's what we put on the line, Jerem. Don't you remember? Let's read the graphic. Uh, 28 points, and then Jason Shepard had eight. And it says posterized. <laughs> He's the Sean Bradley of and one picks. <laughs> oh, and one. Officially over for the 2017-18 BYU basketball season. Man, that was fun. Is that a big deal or no deal, Jerem? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should play that next. Big deal. No deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Number one. Big deal, no deal. He's Schroyer reportedly heading to McNeese State. Ooh. Uh, I think it's a big deal. Schroyer was, uh, was the bad cop, if you will, on this team. He was the hold-you-accountable guy. He was the offensive and defensive coordinator. That's a big loss. It's a big deal. One and done. Head coaching material. It was great to have him on the bench to feel his energy. Yes. Concepts! He helped BYU take some good steps forward in a number of areas, which Steve Cleveland just told us. So, yeah, that's a big deal. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU football getting some extra live action today during practice number six. I would assume that there would be live action at every practice of every team in college sports, so no deal? No deal. I can't watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we could if we were over the IPF. We got a program I know, but for I can't the next watch 19 it, minutes. So no deal, man. I wish I could watch it right now. Yeah. Number three. 
Taysom Hill remains one of three QBs on the Saints roster, but now the mo- the QB with the most experience with the Saints behind you, Drew Brees. Yeah, well, that can be argued. Tom Savage uh, has started NFL games, but within the uh, Saints system, if you will, yes, the one year for Taysom Hill. Uh, I'll go a big deal because the Saints reportedly love Taysom Hill, so will he be the backup over a guy like Tom Savage? That's the question. This is a big deal. Not because he's still one of three quarterbacks on the roster, but because of what has happened in the past when his head coach says, our next quarterback is in the building. If Sean Payton says that about you, that's the big deal. The bigger deal is actually playing. And I he said yesterday, to take a snap as a I quarterback, think he right? will take a regular season snap at some point this year as the number two. Taysom Hill is the chosen one for New Orleans. Okay? Really? Sean Payton thinks he is. That did not work out for Darth Vader. Sean Payton thinks he is. It's a big deal. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Filling out multiple brackets for the NCAA tournament. I go big deal. I'm a one bracket, share it everywhere guy. Because I don't want to watch a game and be like, well, Ev, you and she in one bracket and Pan in another. Like, Make a pick and live by it. But but I don't want to be anti-capitalism and like just do what you need to do to do what you need to do within the law. Everybody has the one bracket that they feel strongest about. Well, they'll say that after the res- games are played. Oi, Davidson in the suite, but yeah. not in your other bracket. So I <laughs> I fill out I fill out multiple brackets, but I I do two. I do one that's like, okay, I think this is what's going to happen, all logic involved, and then I just do one based on solely who I want to win, like who I'm rooting for. Okay, mm-hmm. so that one's just kind of for fun. It's like, oh, I want I wanted these teams to win, yeah. but I do one logic bracket, and then I put it I put that same bracket in multiple different groups of friends that I have. No, here's the deal: don't be the guy that's like, dude, I totally called that one. It's like, well, in which bracket? Of the no, I'm not. I'm just here. saying, like, I have two brackets. I have Don't one, be that guy or I have girl. one that's logic, and then Come I have on. one of just, I'm a fan, and these are the teams that I want to win the games. Not, I called that one through logic. Oh, I called that one because I'm just crazy, man. I got Not surprisingly, it. sometimes the bracket that has teams that I want to win does better than my logic bracket. <laughs> I just do which colors I like the most. <laughs> just kidding. The Cougar Hoopster is transferring, and Brendan Sander from BYU Volleyball is with us on game day. 13 straight, let's go. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After 25 games on the road, BYU softball plays a home game. Yes! Two, in fact. A doubleheader live on BYU TV against Southern Utah starting at 6 Eastern time tomorrow. Speaking of Southern Utah, I said BYU beat the five in-state teams. It's They beat four of them. They didn't play Southern Utah. Men's hoops. Jamal Four and 4-0. And Southern Utah. 4-0. Jamal Ates, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in the studio. Bizzle, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily we broadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Joining us now on Volleyball Game Day from the second-ranked BYU Cougars is the MPSF Offensive Player of the Week, Outrigger Resort's Invitational Most Outstanding Player, Brendonius Maximus, Brendan Sander. Brendan, great to have you oh, back Brendan? in Studio B. Up, guys, how's it going? Uh, not as good as you're going. You're having a good Are life. you sure? You guys look like you're going. Having a pretty good the time. The men's basketball season ended. We're a little bummed about that. No, but we're true, excited about true. volleyball. You guys are crushing it right 12 now. 12 matches in a row that what's, you've won. What's it like right now? 
It's great. I mean, the team's figuring some stuff out right now, and we're playing really well. And um, yeah, I'm happy with the team, and we have to, of course, get better at some things. But yeah, we're making progress, so what, that's a good thing. What did you figure out? Um, our serving was really well this this past few weeks. So I mean, I know it doesn't look like that at home sometimes, <laughs> but on the road, our serving is outstanding. So yeah. So you want to play all the games in Long Beach or something? Is that what you're telling me? No, we love playing in the field house, too. <laughs> you want to change the so. elevation of the Spencer <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's, it's tough, and we talk about it. Some people don't know, but sea level serving versus 4,500 feet in elevation serving, it's different. It Explain is different. how it's different. It's, um, and when we're in California, on like, yeah, it's like a lot easier to hit the ball higher with a lot harder into the court but when we're here we have to keep it really low along the net and so we have a smaller margin to hit it in mm-hmm. but golfers love playing in utah and don't like playing on the coast it's exactly the opposite for volleyball yeah players, in golf sense. i've never played golf here which is surprising to me my dad has to take me <laughs> come on steve <laughs> Steve, but, let's play man let's, but, let's get yeah, on the there, ball steve. flies the ball flies farther here so yeah, yeah. All right, in Hawaii, in that thicker air where BYU's serve was on point, nearly 6,000 people at the Stan Sheriff Center watched BYU upset the Rainbows. What was that environment like to play in against Hawaii on their home floor? It's great. It's always great in Hawaii. Um, They bring a ton of fans, always, and we were ranked number four, I think, when we played them, and they were ranked number two, so it was a top-five matchup. And so everyone out there loves seeing volleyball, especially good volleyball, and so... Whenever there's good plays out in Hawaii, they're all just cheering loud, and it's a great atmosphere to play in, great environment. 25 aces and three wins. You beat Lewis and Penn State and, and Hawaii. When did you know, okay, this is going to be fun from the service line? In Hawaii? when mm-hmm. I had a- Like the first serve and pass where you're like, oh, it's on. Oh, yeah, whenever we go down to California or anywhere sea level, we're like, here we go. Just <laughs> hit the ball as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good motto, man. Yeah. Just hit the ball as hard as you can. Exactly. Great success. Offensively and individually, uh, you hit north of 300 in all three games in Hawaii. You were so good. What made the difference for you mentally, physically? I mean, what, what's the secret for you to keep that rolling back here in Provo? I mean, I just got to be confident in my game. No, do what I'm doing, being decisive in every single play that I'm going. Um, I think one of the things that helped me the most recently is being patient on my um, approach to the ball. And so when I'm patient, I'm able to stay behind the ball and kind of have more range with it, hit higher, jump higher. I want to keep talking about the Aces. Uh, In the rally era, that is since 2001, there are two dudes at the top uh, in BYU history, your brother Taylor and you. Do you know how many you need to pass him? I don't. I I don't look at it. I mean, if you guys want to tell me that, it'd be cool. It's 79. So if, do you okay, think you can lot. get 79 aces <laughs> we can in the last, it. like, Let's 12 matches? It. Let's do it. That's the goal. Listen, you're going to have at least, you know, what, what is it, five matches left in the regular season, hopefully only two in the MPSF tournament where you host, and then you go, and then, like, two. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's okay. Um, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Price Jarman injures his hand against Stanford uh, February 24th. In comes this Brazilian freshman, Felipe de Brito Ferreira. All of a sudden, he's back-to-back MPSF Defense Players Player of the Week. What has he done to replace Price so well? I mean, he's a great blocker. He's that's probably one of the biggest things he's done. I mean, he's also hit 700 in a lot of matches, which is amazing as a middle blocker. But the kid's just huge, and he's ready to play all the time. So, 
it was great to have him out there, and it's going to be great throughout the whole season with him there. So, yeah. What's the personality like of this team in the heat of battle, in the middle of a match? Like, how would you explain that? It's great. I love it. I think it's better than in the past years. The guys out there like Gabby and Felipe and Leo and just everybody and Price. Price brings a lot of energy. That's the one thing that we really miss from Price is he's just, like, willing to get after it every single point. But with these guys, everyone just wants to go get it every single point. So it's fun when we win a point and everyone's just celebrating for each other. Can you understand anybody? Because you have a Brazilian, a Puerto Rican, uh, a Finn, uh, like a Pennsylvanian, you know, <laughs> a Utahn. How's the like, like after like yelling, you know? Oh yeah, normally I'll, I'll yell in their language. Like if Gabby yeah. does something, I'll yell "vamos" or something in Vamo. his language, just something like that, and yeah. then. Lipe's taught me some stuff as well. So, yeah. In Portuguese? Nice. Yeah. But do, do you know any Finnish? That's the question for Mickey Yauhianen. No, Mickey doesn't speak too much Finnish to us. So. His English is really good. It is. It's very good. Yeah. Just yell loudly in his face. Yeah, that's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Chest bump. Exactly. <laughs> there have been other bench players who have come in and had their moments too, which I've been impressed by. Tanner Skabelin. Uh, who's been called the Sean Bradley by Steve Vale of the team. Cyrus Faalogo, Christian Rupert. Um, they've come in and, and done well in, in spurts. What does that mean to have guys on the bench that, okay, we need you right now, and they've come in and done something? I mean, it's huge. It's huge to trust your bench, and I think that's a big part of our team chemistry is that we trust everyone on our squad. And so in practice, when we're going after it, we trust everybody to be on our team and give everything they got. But, um, yeah, it's huge, especially – Christian Rupert, I think he's been huge for us because when we've had trouble siding out in the past, um, he just comes in and yahtzees a ball every single time. And so it definitely frees us up. And just Tanner Scablin and Cy, everyone, all of them are doing a great job. All right, USC tonight. How would you explain the Trojans in uh, one sentence? Um, they can definitely get after it. We ought to be careful with them. I know their record doesn't show it as well but they have some good guys that can go off like Jack Wyatt he's one of my buddies from home he was he played club with me for many years and he's a good player so he can go off definitely and they're opposite we have to watch out for too and definitely have some young middles that we have to watch out for so yeah they're going to be a good team and they're going to bring it and I think they're going to be like why not why not take one from BYU so Brendan Sander with us. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for tonight. All right, good we, luck. We know you got a great game at the volleyball net. You also have a good ping pong game, but this is a spoiler-free zone, so don't yeah, don't, don't share any of that. As you know, yep, yep, that. between okay. the lines. That's all. That's all coming up on between the lines. <laughs> Brendan Sander with his ping pong skills. Uh, enjoy the match tonight, man. Good luck on Sweet. getting thirteen in a row. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, coming up, Jacob Hanneman had a nice day with the Chicago Cubs. Now, was it the actual Chicago Cubs? It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's no minor league play yet. It's spring training. Truth. And a BYU guard announces their transfer yesterday. Details coming up in the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Are you good at ping pong? I'm all right. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Brendan Sander, and the coach, Steve Cleveland. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Practice six, wrapping up for BYU football as we speak. We'll be live at about 110 Eastern with live interviews on Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. 
Men's basketball. The Cougars lose by three at Stanford, 86-83 in the first round of the National Invitation Tournament. Elijah Bryant let out scores with 28 points, grabbed 10 rebounds. Cougs finished their 2017-18 season with a record of 24-11. Multiple outlets reporting Heath Troyer, associate head coach for BYU Men's Basketball, will take the head coaching job at McNeese State, first reported by John Rothstein of Fan Rag Sports. Women's basketball. Sophomore guard Liz Eaton is transferring away from BYU. Eaton averaged three points a game and played eight minutes per contest over the last season. Volleyball. Second rank, BYU men's volleyball on a 12-match winning streak will host USC in the Smithfield House tonight. The match will be live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time. Gymnastics. Number 19, BYU Gymnastics. Sleepless in Seattle. Not really. Facing number 8, Washington, and number 16, Boise State. Huge challenge. Baseball. The 9-6 BYU baseball team riding a four-game win streak opens West Coast Conference play tonight, hosting LMU. At 8 Eastern on BYU Radio and the W.TV. Cougars in the minors. In spring training, Jacob Hanneman of the Chicago Cubs. Two for three with two runs scored, one walk, and one RBI. He was recently assigned to minor league camp. Cougars in the NFL. Joe Shad's reporting that John Denny will return for his 14th season as the Dolphins' long snapper and barber this season. No, really, he's the team barber. Yeah, I didn't just make that up. Today's Rise and Shout, brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. BYU Hoops, uh, for the good they did this season, beating the four teams in Utah, including Utah, beating St. Mary's, no seniors, kind of building. Obviously, you want to make the NCAA tournament, and hopefully they can do that next year. What was the most memorable moment from the 2017-18 BYU basketball season at MM Hintza? Says, spanking St. Mary's in the West Coast Conference Tournament. <laughs> Close second would be cleaning up on Utah. Looking forward to next season at IZT. Is it Kuhuddle? Yeah, whatever. Uh, Beating all the major in-state teams. And the minor ones. At Twiggy or Stone with our elite tweet of the day. The wins over Utah and St. Mary's. Those were two monkeys that needed to be removed. Next monkey is the NCAA tournament. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Joe Grosh. Joe Grosh. Nicely done. Enjoy your NCAA tournament games as well, but don't forget to watch BYU Volleyball. (laughs) 